This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I had to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horseman to the inside. He's got Max Dambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horseman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Going with Chris Trevor, the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a, can I be a little chilly? Holy smokes, get out the underwear and, and uh, the trick-or-treat bags. Wow, what a Monday we've had here in Lower Michigan. But uh, a lot to talk about. Two great interviews lined up tonight, and it's time to get into it. First, let's take a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. All together now, shh, Bubba Wallace won a full-length NASCAR Cup Series race at Kansas Speedway trying to silence all the haters who uh, just couldn't stand the fact that Bubba had won a rain-shortened race at Talladega Super Speedway. Well, there, he got it done in full regulation in that number 45 car. Uh, Nicely done by Bubba Wallace. How about Noah Gregson? They take the green and white checkered flag for stage two of the NASCAR Xfinity Series race, and that was enough to make it official before the rains came on Saturday. It's two in a row now for Noah after winning at Darlington the week prior. And how about John Hunter Nemechek? Is he the most hated guy in Michigan this morning? We don't know for sure, but he passed Carson Hosovar coming off turn number two as Hosovar ran out of fuel on the final lap. Carson was staring down his first career NASCAR Truck Series win and a punch into the next round of the playoffs. Instead, John Hunter Nemechek gets the win. Hosovar somehow manages to hold on for the second spot. And finally, Jonathan Davenport picks up Another World 100 victory Saturday at Eldora. Make it five for Superman, who continues to just have a killer 2022 season. And that's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, sir. Good evening. I had a busy weekend. I surely did. I'm glad you're here because yeah. we would have had problems if if we would have had problems if you're feeling the way you were Saturday. Man, you bailed me out big time. I started not feeling good on Thursday. Friday, I said, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. And by Saturday, I, I had to throw in the towel and, and call in. Well, you were already going to be at Bertrand, thank goodness. So that made the decision a little bit easier to say, I better stay home. I was not feeling so hot on Saturday. So thank you for filling in and uh, getting the job done. How about that at Bertrand Speedway? What a weekend of racing you saw. Oh, we had a, we had a great time up there. Um, you know, we, we'll get, we'll get into, we'll get into the story in a minute, but, uh, you know, what I think the coolest thing, Zach, it almost seemed, it almost seemed like an announcer convention up there. I mean, Matt Prayer was there with the Midwest Modifieds tour. We had, uh, you know, Chuck Darling and, and Big Ed and Los there for the Birch Run Speedway, uh, house announcers. Um, uh, you know, then Roger Mike Williams, Roger Williams shows up from, uh, from, Merritt and Tri City, and then Chris Foby shows up from Springport, Michigan, with with uh, with his son, and uh, we, we were going to take a class photo. That's what we were going to do, but uh, we didn't want to do that without you there. 
Oh, well, aw, thanks. Appreciate that. Well, now uh, you're staring down a big event coming up this weekend uh, just south of the border. We head down to Toledo Speedway for the iconic fall race at Toledo Speedway. The Glass City 200 is coming up this weekend, Rich. Yeah, Zach, and, and, and it's pretty cool. I don't know if both defending champions are going to be there, but I know one of them for sure. Uh, Caden Lapsovich in the Outlaw Super Late Model. He'll be back in that Bobby Blount number 16. Uh, if you remember, surprise winner last year, Blake Rowe, uh, winning in the final three laps in the Arcaceri Super Series 100 lap event. But uh, let's look at some of these pre-entries. Let's start with the Outlaws, uh, Zach. Lapsovich will be there. Steve Needles, J.R. Rorick, Scott Hance, Harold Fair Jr., Dennis Strickland. Dennis Strickland, a former winner. Uh, man. That, and that's not even all of the outlaw drivers. Um, that could be a wild 100 laps. Man, and, and you talk about some of those names, Rich, iconic in uh, outlaw super late model racing, as you mentioned. And, you know, when when you look at those names, who do you choose, right, this early in the week? I don't know. You could probably could put your name on a couple, three of them. But that's the thing about Toledo Speedway and outlaw oh, – let me back up. That's the thing about Toledo Speedway, period – and then that's the thing about Outlaw Super Late Model Racing. You never know, and we've really seen Toledo wreak havoc on some of the superstars of our sport. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I remember the first time you went to Toledo, uh, first time you guys were able to go there, you had a rain out from the ethanol tour, and you said, hey, let's go to let's go to the Glass City 200. And yeah. The first time you saw those outlaws on that half mile, your eyes went huge. Oh, it's, they are, it's wicked. They are just so fast. Uh J.R. Rorick still owns the track record in the 14, 1468, I think. Uh, that is just flat-out flying at Toledo. Uh, Lapsovich, defending champion Steve Needles, uh, a winner. Dennis Strickland, Harold Fair Jr., multi-time champion at, at the Glass City 200. Um, man, like you said, you can't pick just one. Here's the thing that I, if I'm being completely you know, transparent here on our show, which I, I tend to be, um, I think Caden Lapsovich kind of made it a snooze fest last year in the Outlaw Super Late Model portion of the Glass City uh, 200. That 16 car was on such a rail. He was untouchable last year, and uh, I would really like to see somebody come to the plate and give that guy a run for his money this year in those 100 laps. Um, and, and right now, I'm looking, and we've talked about this since, since 2019, Rich. Steve Needles, man. He, he needs to go to victory lane at Toledo Speedway. Well, he, he got the one. He got it off his chest, you know, a couple of years ago, yeah. and, and that was huge for him because he had everything. If it could happen, it happened to Steve Needles before that. You mentioned the race um, that uh, that we went to with the ethanol group. Man, he was flying in that Glass City 200, and wouldn't you know, engine failure took him out of it. Yep, and, he, and I think he, you know, I, you know, last year I think he had issues. But, uh, you know, it, it just um, – I think if anybody's going to challenge Caden Lapsovich, I, th I think it's got to be Steve Needles. You can never count J.R. Rorick out, never. So um, it, it's just – and Harold Fair Jr. knows his way. He's got more laps than probably as any of those guys around Toledo Speedway. So we'll just have to see. But uh, I don't see this one being a, oh, I'm going to go to the hot dog stand and get a hot dog and a popcorn during this 100-lapper. I probably wouldn't do that this year. Yeah, it's going to be a good one for sure. Now, uh, let's talk about our, our uh, a little more sleek fendered uh, friends that are going to be there. So it's the Glass City 200. That means 100 laps for the Outlaw Super Late Models, 100 laps for the ARCA CRA Super Series. And you look at this early pre-entry list, Rich, some big hitters on this list so far. 
And uh, notably, am I looking here, is our defending race winner not on the pre-entry list? He is not on the pre-entry list yet as of, as of today. So we'll have to wait and see uh, that, that I saw when I looked at it. We'll have to see if Blake Rowe adds his name to the list. But uh, obviously on Saturday, Carson Hosevar got over his disappointment of Friday really quick by uh, stinking up the show. He, he, even when I interviewed him in victory lane, I didn't mean to stink it up. Yeah, you did. You needed to make, <laughs> you needed to make a point after last night. And he wanted to get that. He wanted to get that out of his head and he sure did. And uh, if he comes back and he, and he's won it before. So uh, if he comes back uh, anywhere close to where he was Saturday, he's going to be tough. Jesse love William Swalich, two of the young guns coming up uh, and th- even into Arkham Menard series racing. Uh, those guys are going to be tough. And then Brian Campbell back, Brian Campbell back at the glass city 200. You don't ever want to race Brian Campbell at Toledo. If you don't have to, that's just something you don't ever wish Zach. Uh, Kyle Crump as well. And then uh, you got Eddie Van Meter, the current points leader and Chase Berta, Albert Francis, Harold Fair Jr. is going to pull double duty. Wow. And run 200 laps. So, all right, give me, you hang around these, Arca Series, Super Series guys all summer long. You pick one of those because I can't. William Salovich, I'll put money on it right now. Take me to Vegas. Uh, I'll put it on that uh, likely. I'll put it on the likely, very likely chance that he's going to be driving a Donnie Wilson Motorsports car. Um, And uh, that kid's got talent. Uh, You saw what happened down south in the Cars Pro Late Model Tour. The only reason he's not still on a winning streak is because Jake Garcia got a little impatient going through turns three and four, gave him a little love tap, and then another tap that wasn't so much love involved and sent him up into the fence. And then I was able to see what this kid did at Winchester Speedway. So much patience, so much uh, knowledge about how to run race cars. I got to tell you, I love Kyle Crump. I love me some Carson Hosevar. I'm a Jesse Love fan. I remember watching him on Mav TV when he was racing junior late models out in California. Give me William Sowlich and uh, put it, take it to the bank. I'll cash that check right now, Rich Rance. I think you have two problems. William Sowlich has never taken a green flag at Toledo Speedway, I don't believe. And these guys that he has to race are not known for being patient. They're not dirty, <laughs> but they are as aggressive as you'll come. And if you're going to win this race, uh, you're going to have to be awfully tough because Brian Campbell is not going to give you an inch. Uh, he never has. He's very fast there. He's very, very good. Kyle Crump, we know what he can do, especially the last two years. And Carson Hosevar, um, you know, as long as long as they got that car right out of that Van Dorn racing stable, he is tough to beat anytime he jumps in that 14 seat. Well, so. you, you talk about the impatience. Eh, well, is impatience the right word? I don't know. But you talk about these drivers. We've seen Carson Hosevar get himself into trouble in these late models for that very same reason. Uh, you know, had a perfectly good race car wrecked at the Red Bud 400 last year. Had a perfectly good race car get tore up at this race. Uh, you know, as well. And, uh, you, you know, you just you kind of wonder. Uh, we saw him get tore up at Birch Run last season as well. So uh, All-American 400. All-American 400 <laughs> yeah. uh, got into a confrontation there and uh, ended up with a tore-up race car. I don't know. I'm going to take William Sowlich. Uh, give me the easy bet there. You want me to put money. You want me to take the long odds. You want me to try to, uh, you know, put put money somewhere and make, make a little bit of cash on the back end. I got to tell you, I think. Now, you just told me a reason not to, but I think Brian Campbell may be your sleeper in this one uh, just because of how long it's been 
and you know his performance over the last couple of years. I've been saying it. He went to Victory Lane earlier this year. Great for him. Love to see it. Glad to see that 47 car performing again. Um, but uh, I think he's the he might be the long odds here. I don't know that he is an underdog. I really don't. Not at Toledo Speedway. Okay. It's one of his. If if, if it's not his favorite track, it's one of his favorite tracks. Um, and so I'd have to do the parlay because I can't pick between the two. But I just think over a hundred laps. Most of our Campbell victory lane. All right. And That's you know, what I think. You know who we're snub you know who we're giving the, the snub to is the birthday boy today, Kyle Crump, who put on a darn good race last year with uh with the defending champion Blake Rowe. Uh those two are are you call them teammates. I don't know. They spot for one another when they're not racing against one another. Um so uh, Blake Rowe spots for, for Kyle Crump. And uh, we didn't even mention the fact that he could get it done here. He finished second in last year's race. Who who are we kidding? Right, but now now let's go back. Now Kyle Crump's a friend of the program, right? We we, we love us some Kyle Crump, but on Saturday night he he's lucky he's taken that one thirty one car to the Glass City two hundred because that fifty machine was junk with a capital J at first run. Uh oh. He's he started on the pole and he passed a bunch of cars, but he was going the wrong way on Saturday at Birch Run. So, um, yeah, he he ended up getting down pit road, making some adjustments and working his way, working his way back in the top 10, but uh, almost to the top five. But uh, that car was not good at the beginning, and he was not happy with it. He should like this car much better at Toledo. All right, race fans, you heard it here first. Uh, I'm calling it. Uh, Rich can't put can't put one on the line. I'm going to take Donnie Wilson Motorsports and William Salwich to get it done in uh, Saturday's Glass City 200. Well, Zach, uh, let's go back to Saturday, and I can kind of let you know what went on, seeing you, seeing you weren't able to make it. Yeah, but I yeah. Had a good, I had a good time. Mother Nature tried to dampen the events at Birch Run Speedway on Saturday uh, for the big one, but it went on as scheduled in front of a capacity crowd. Chase Burtis set quick time uh, in the afternoon for the Jag Sierra All-Stars Tour. The Re- Reveal the Hammer Outlaws Super Late Model Series saw Mark Shook grab the All-Star Performance Fast Time Award while Danny Jackson locked down the same honor for the Midwest Modifieds Tour. Following about an hour or so delay for track drying from the quick shower that hit the speedway, the Jake Sherry All-Stars Tour would kick things off with their 100-lap feature event. Kyle Crump and Carson Hosevar, the only two to win races in the Triple Crown uh, this year, would lead the field to green. But by lap five, it was all but over. Hosevar worked by Crump and set sail early. Only a handful of cautions, Zach, would tighten up the field as Hosevar would take the win. By over 1.2 seconds over Chase Berta, Dakota Stroop, Dan Leak, and Katie Hettinger, Berta would capture the three-race Triple Crown Championship. And in the Reveal the Hammer 100-lap feature event, it was Caden Lapsovich driving it to the front, working by Steve Needles on lap 94 and surviving a late-race restart to take the victory. Uh, With his second-place finish, Needles would wrap up the 2022 Reveal the Hammer Outlaws Super Late Model Championship. Jason Felber, Justin Clardy, and Adam Terry would complete the top five. And in the Midwest Modifies Tour action, Trevor Berry would lead flag to flag to capture the 50-lap feature event. Robbie Johnson, Walter Brinsky Jr., Scotty Lamp, and Buddy Gray would round out the top five. And, Zach, on the phone lines now, we have the gentleman who got it done on Saturday at Birch Run for the Midwest Modifies Tour. Makes his home in Clio, Michigan. Trevor Berry, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Man, let's let's go back to Saturday. Um that was a kind of an emotional victory lane, probably more than 
than I've ever seen out of you. Kind of talk about how that felt, uh, 50 laps. Um, was it that easy? Um, no, it wasn't that easy. Uh, took a lot of work all year long to get the car that good. Um, we've been through a lot, and it seems like we come up just a little bit short each time. Uh, a lot of seconds this year. It's just been a frustrating year, kind of, even though we've been running so good. Um, then I lost my grandpa about two months ago, and uh, he was a big part of my life and racing and general. And uh, so that one was, uh, I wanted to win one for him bad before the year was over and to win with the Midwest Modified Tours. And it had been eight years since I won one of those races and uh, just kind of all hit me at once. And uh, it felt good. Yeah, I was wondering, you know, you mentioned your grandfather grandfather down there. And, and you know, sometimes, you know, in the heat of the moment, you know, your emotions get a hold of you. Um, I guess it was a little bit of everything, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, when you drive for somebody else, and Ken O'Connor is a great car owner to me. And it's been great to my family for years with my dad and myself. And um, you just want to win. And, you know, he hired me to win races. And. I just, I just keep coming up short in all these big races and it's just, uh, it's been a lot of weight on my shoulders this year. And I put a lot of pressure on myself to get that job done. And I feel like I've kind of let them down a lot of times for, you know, different circumstances. I don't like to blame pill draws or tires or anything like that. Um, when you have that fast of a race car, you, your job is to win the race. And, um, you know, I just keep coming up a little bit short, but, um, luck was still on our side Saturday and, uh, let all 50 laps and it was clean and green and finally got a win. Trevor, I want to, I want to break down kind of, kind of your uh, racing experience a little bit, I guess. Uh, I, I really appreciated the post that Matt Preer put up. Uh, of course, the voice of the Midwest Modifieds tour talked about how, you know, he had, he had been able to watch your dad, uh, you know, Dennis go to victory lane and then watching you go to victory lane and getting a chance to talk to both of you in victory lane. Give the folks who maybe are, are being introduced to Trevor Berry right now just a small, you know, little uh, Reader's Digest version of, of kind of what your path has been because I want to break this down a little bit further coming up later on in the interview, but racing is a big part of, of who you are and, and your life, really. Yeah, um, racing's all my life, really. Uh, my dad raced for 35 years or something like that and did it all and came close to making it I guess um he did really well around here and had some ARCA chances and stuff like that and um just didn't work out quite for him but he had a lot of success and he's in the Hall of Fame Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame and um he's taught me a lot so I've been around it my whole life I've been racing for 20 years I started when I was nine years old in quarter midgets and uh got lucky enough to get a sponsor there and um, they got me a bandolero and bandolero racing wasn't really, they were trying to get it started around here, but it wasn't big yet. And, uh, so we went to Kentucky and won a national event, like our sixth race. And then the guy that owned my stuff, Jim and Linda Ferns, um, they got us micro sprints and I raced micro sprints for a few years. Um, then we parted ways. And I was kind of without a ride and we didn't know what direction to go, if we should stay on dirt or if we should go back pavement racing. My dad's background was pavement. So we got a modified in 2000, end of 2011, I think, or maybe the beginning of 2011. I can't remember, but, um, 
did pretty good in that. Ended up winning a Midwest Modified Tour Championship in 2012. And that same year, Tommy and Gary Fidawa called me to drive their non-wing sprint car at Spartan. And we won eight out of 10 races and won the championship in that, plus the Midwest Modified Tour that year. So that was really cool. And then uh, got a call from Steve Stout um, at Acme Racing to drive their Super Modified. I uh, raced that for a handful of races. And then uh, that kind of fell through, but that was a really cool deal. And I appreciated that, um, them giving me a chance. And then we kind of got our own stuff going again and decided we were going to go CRA late model racing. So we did that, and that was just kind of a tough deal. We were fast a lot of times, and I don't know, you know, you race with kids with money, and the only thing, you know, they get told to do is go win and you get run through and you're just a blue collar family. You kind of can't really go through fenders like they do. So we ended up getting out of that and, uh, getting a 360 wing sprint car, um, to run with the great Lakes super sprints and did that for two years, but unfortunately didn't get to race a whole lot. Uh, the only thing we couldn't have happen was motor problems. And that's pretty much what we had the entire time. So, um, that was short lived. Um, I'm still trying to get Max to get me in his family car there for a couple of races to see if I can't do something. But uh, by the way, we're gonna get me in there. But I don't know. We're gonna turn those. <laughs> we're gonna turn those screws uh, a little bit later on in this interview. So don't don't give up on that yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I won't. I, I hound him quite a bit. Like, come on, man. When I have an off weekend, let's do it. So, uh, yeah. But then I was, you know, we got done wing sprint car racing and. Uh, we're just a blue collar family, you know, work at GM and don't have a ton of money, but we keep trying to move up and we knew we couldn't have motor problems and we did. And so that was that. And we didn't know what direction to go. And, you know, I thought about maybe just hanging it up cause I didn't want to go backwards, I guess, in my career. Um, I wanted to race wing sprint cars and it just, you know, I didn't get enough races to turn somebody's head or something and get a ride. So, uh, that was disappointing. And then I called Ken O'Connor, asked him if I could run his modified at Winchester, and we went there, and he was like, you know, uh, I'd like to do something, but I think we need to get a new car. So I said, well, I know the perfect guy. So we went over to my friend Derek Griffin, and he built us a car, and uh, that's what I've been doing the last two years, and it's uh, it's been a blast. It's a super good race car, and I, I can't ask to drive for a better car owner. And um, it's been fun. Now, you, om- you you omitted a little bit there. There was uh, one type of car that you hadn't spoke about. That's because you didn't do it till this year. Uh, talk about jumping in Bobby Blount's 16 Outlaw. Uh, I believe the first time you were in one was at Flat Rock. Am I not correct? Um, I actually raced an Outlaw car for Ken O'Connor. He had a older one that my dad actually used to race for his family um, back in the day. And I ran that for probably four races or something like that. We ended up breaking a motor at the Glass City. I was going to say, yeah, Trevor, and, my uh, my stats say that you've got a podium finish at Toledo in the ARCA Gold Cup. Yep, I ran third uh, at the ARCA Gold Cup in Toledo, and then we went back and kind of loaded for Baird to try to do something at the Glass City, and we ended up breaking a motor and qualifying. So that was uh, that was pretty much the end of that deal. And then – um, the Bobby Pump thing that just kind of came, I mean, out of nowhere, really, I just, 
sent him a text and said, Hey, you're coming to my hometown. I don't know if you have a driver or not, but if you don't, uh, you know, you can give me a call. And then he did. So he called me that week and he was like, Hey, uh, I said, I can't do a crash clause or anything like that. I don't have any, I don't have no money. So, uh, if I can race for you, I, I can't have one of those. So he's like, well, if you can help out with tires, we'll go run it. So that's what we did and found some sponsorship to help us with that. And, uh, really had a shot to win and was passing for the lead and hit a chunk of lead. And that was kind of the end of that deal. And, uh, but yeah, then he was happy with the performance there at Birch run and, um, asked me to drive for him this year and we were making strides. Um, then with my grandpa passing away and stuff, I kind of just took a step back there and then he had a couple other people drive and I seen him at the hot shoe. Uh, he was there with Gannis and, um, he asked me if I wanted to, you know, race Birch Run and possibly the Glass City again. And we talked about it and decided we wanted to do that. So we ran Birch Run last weekend. And uh, he's uh, just actually hung up with him shortly before you guys called. And um, we're going to try to make the Glass City happen here this weekend. Uh, just waiting to hear from his motor guy to see if that's all a go or whatnot. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, I saw Scott Schultz post the entry list. And for that other 16 team, team car, it said to be determined. So uh, is it really still to be determined or do you just got to wait another day or so? Yeah, well, I mean, from what he said on the phone just a few minutes ago, uh, as long as the motor's good to go, then he said we're good to go. So hopefully I uh, hear back from him here in the next day and we'll try to run a glass city. I'd really like to have got a chance to run one of those. My dad never um got that win won a lot at toledo and never sealed the deal on the glass city so it'd be really cool to go there with bobby blount his cars are always really good at toledo and uh it'd be nice to have a really good shot to win that glass city and it doesn't hurt that he is the defending champion car owner does it no i think he's uh the two-time defending he's trying to go for a three-peat here and caden's done a great job uh at toledo and it's been cool being kind of teammates with them um i raced with him at plymouth there and it was cool bouncing uh information off him and he's a real sharp guy and uh so we get to go to toledo hopefully and be teammates again and hopefully we can be one two and i'd like to be just a little bit further ahead <laughs> yeah man no kidding now let's talk about this modified uh you know i want to break down some of these cars that you've raced just like rich does because i gotta be honest with you trevor i was introduced to you when it came to max's family car the 5m um i i trying to think was it tri-city that you guys unloaded at and i said trevor barry okay yeah trevor barry all right yeah i recognize the name i don't really know why but i recognize the name and then I started seeing Trevor Berry popping up in, in pavement racing, and I'm like, wait a minute, this cat's a dirt racer. I saw him run a sprint car. You know, it's all about when you're introduced to somebody. But uh, so I guess let me start with this modified this year in 2022. Uh, man, you, you're you screwing around right now. You win a race at Birch Run. You've been running up front with Midwest Modifieds, uh, you know, when, when the thing stays together for you and when the luck is on your side. Uh, and I say luck on your side because, man, you were quick couple of weeks ago at Winchester but you had to come all the way through the field to show how quick you were uh, man I think you had a car that maybe could have contended for a win if things would have went your way yeah Winchester was a Winchester was a disappointment um, we were fast all practice day um, didn't qualify great but uh, we put new tires on and it just didn't react the way we thought it was going to but we knew we had a good car for the race and 
um you know it was me Purvis and then Stickler and Cody's been on a rail every time he comes and runs with us so uh we were all in line there and I got a little bit loose and Purvis touched me but I didn't think he touched me and uh, I kind of got sideways there and I thought something might have broke because I didn't feel anything and I didn't want to drive into turn three and junk a race car so I ended up stopping on the track and going in the pits and they checked everything out and said I was good so I had to go back out 24th and drive up to fifth with no cautions and um that's tough we've been real close at Winchester a lot I finished second there leading 39 laps at the run for the gun last year and lost it in lap traffic and I don't like to make excuses like I said it's just like man we always just fall one spot short it seems like on these big races and it was nice to get a Midwest Modified Tour win and I hope we can go back to Winchester here for the run for the gun and finish the deal. And, and and you mentioned you seem like you're always one spot short. That and, and I'm just going to build on that because you mentioned Stickler. And, uh, of course, this year's hot shoe, you have that number two spot behind that pesky black car. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I was going to talk to you about that and just how frustrating that was. Yeah, I mean, I knew we had a good car in that deal. And as soon as he went up and drew, I knew he was fast and um, – he drew a three and you're like, man, you know, he ain't going to have to use his stuff up really to get up there and just ride if he gets up there. And that's pretty much what he said in his interview. And that's kind of what it, you know, he got to second right away and then he rode to the halfway break and took the lead right away. And he could just, you know, maintain kind of like I did on Saturday. You could basically, you know, seal your own fate. You could just save tires. And, um, I had to use my stuff up to get to second and, I thought about just kind of riding, hoping for a yellow, but then, you know, I was, I wanted to go get it. So I was chasing him down. And about the time I got about four cars away, I just started getting free and getting in and I could see I wasn't really gaining on him anymore. And it was, it was pretty frustrating, but he ran a great race. And sometimes you got to have that luck on your side. And he had it that day. So it worked out for him and we just came home one spot short. And by the way, uh, Trevor Berry fans, if you're looking for Trevor Berry to get it done in the hot shoe, 100 third place in 2021, second place in 2022. So that means 2023 must be Trevor Berry's year for the hot shoe. 100. I'm just, I'm just looking at what I'm seeing. Uh, you know, I can only tell you what I'm reading. So, uh, I mean, get the Trevor Berry merchandise ready to go for the 2023 Hot Shoe 100. And you got to feel pretty good too, Trevor. Uh, two back-to-back consistent finishes in the Hot Shoe at Springport. That's got to set you up. You got to be like, okay, I mean, we know what to do here. We just got to be one spot better next time. Yeah, the car's been so good. It's been good ever since we've gotten it. It's only been passed on the racetrack once, and that was Winchester when we lost last year to Purvis. It's it's a phenomenal race car. I'm really lucky to drive it. Um, my dad maintains it, and, I mean, that thing is immaculate. Every time it hits the racetrack, there's nothing that hasn't been touched on that thing, and it's just fast, and we've just missed it on pill draws, and we always get to second, and we just had to use up too much stuff to get there. And uh, I hope you're right. I hope that you next year is our year. Um, I'm not sure what racetrack it's going to be at, but Springport's been good to us as far as speed goes and um, racing. So uh, I don't know. We'll have to see where they decide to have the hot shoe next year. And um, I think wherever it is, I'm hoping the red 37 is just as good as it always is. And we'll be there. We'll have a shot at it. I'm going to, I'm going to get a step ahead of Zach. Cause I don't know that 
if you get to go to the Glass City 200, that you're going to have to wait until the Hot Shoe 100 next year. Everybody needs to think back to May with the with the Midwest Modifieds Tour at Toledo Speedway. You didn't just break the track record. You obliterated it. Only modified to ever go in the 15-second bracket at Toledo. You did that in May. Um, you know that racetrack, and you like that racetrack. Yeah, Toledo was uh, extremely good to my dad. I wanted to win there for a long time. I sat in those cement grandstands playing with little race cars ever since I can remember. And uh, it would mean a lot to get a win at Toledo. I wanted that one bad. We had a really fast car and, you know, Blake just got, you know, he started second and took the lead on lap one, had a straightaway lead and we had to run him down. No yellows and we got there, but then used myself up. So uh, that's just part of it. And uh, you got to be lucky and you got to have good stuff, especially racing guys like Blake and Jeff Gannis and Brian Burgaker and all these guys that, you know, race outlaw late models. The modifieds are what's it around here um i mean that showed at birch run on saturday you had gannis there not in an outlaw car but in a modified and then you had bergager there didn't bring his outlaw car but was in the modifieds and the modifieds are just tough and it's it's hard to come up through the field especially in 50 laps and not use your stuff up especially when a guy is getting a chance to save his when he's that good and trevor it seems like it's getting tougher and tougher i mean you just threw out some names and you didn't even get to the rest of the guys that in Michigan that are tough every time they unload out of the box. Um, if you're running the top five at any event in the state of Michigan, it, it's a pretty good deal, isn't it? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, especially around the Birch Run area. I mean, Robbie Johnson's come on strong, just finished second. He's been really good this last half of the year. David McManus obviously has won just a lot of races. Um, just there's a number of guys Blake Rowe I mean you them guys are just good everywhere they go they're good and if you show up and can run top five I mean you're with good competition you didn't run fifth to no slouches guaranteed all right so now we're gonna have a little bit of fun because we had a little conversation with you before you before uh you came on the air um got a couple friends that wanted you on the show kind of back to you said hey you got to get Trevor on uh Chad Finley, Max Stambaugh, whom you can't confuse for one another. Totally two different <laughs> realms of racing, right? Um, yeah. And you call these guys your friends. How come, man? Well, I've known Chad for a long time. And I was in his wedding. He's a good friend of mine. Um, always has been. I don't I don't know. He's just uh, our families, you know, just been racing all these years. And um He's just my friend. And then Max, oddly enough, I was running sprint cars and we were having motor problems. And he just came up to the trailer one day and was helping us thrash on our car. And after getting to know him, he does that with everybody. If anyone's having a problem, he's the first one to jump in and try to help you get your stuff together and back out there. And I respect him a lot. And uh, we just became friends through sprint cars and playing iRacing with each other and stuff like that. And now I talk to him three times a week mornings and just see how things are going. And um, I don't know, we've all just become pretty good friends and it's pretty cool that we run three different divisions and are all good and can bounce stuff off each other and, or just bull crap, whatever we want to do. Uh, 
but yeah, it's cool to have those guys behind you for sure. <laughs> I want to I want to read you a couple of things from the Horsepower Happenings Facebook page today. When we put up that Trevor Berry was going to be on the show, uh, Max Stambaugh comments on there, big fan of Trevor Berry, um, to which Daniel Burkhart and Trevor Berry uh, react to, and then uh, Michelle Davis Berry reacts to, uh, and then Gary Hayward says, yep, uh, same thing. Daniel Burkhart, Max Stambaugh, same with the little fan gif. Um, so <laughs> what's the deal, man? Max Stambaugh, because I know you're listening, you're a hired gun now. You're a pretty boy who brings his gear back to the racetrack and jumps uh-huh. in Smith Motorsports equipment. Why can't we put a race car together for Trevor Berry to run 360 sprint cars and give you a run for the Great Lakes Super Sprints Championship in 2023? What do we got to do? I'm asking you, Trevor Berry, what's Max Stambaugh's problem? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and he's like, yeah, man, I'll get you in there. We'll find a race. And then, you know, either I'm racing the modified or something's going on and we just haven't been able to link up. But, um, you know, I had a lot of fun. I enjoy his family. His mom and dad are great people. Um, it was super fun getting to drive his thing. I mean, that takes a lot to put somebody in your stuff, especially, I mean, it's not like we're made of money. Right. And to put somebody in your, your family car, I mean, you really got to trust that person and, you know, know that they'll keep it out of trouble if they can and do the best that they can. And for them to put that trust in me, even once. I mean, we had a good run, ended up too tight for the feature, but I mean, we were, we had a good run and a lot of fun. So, you know, hopefully someday we can get back in there. I mean, Ken O'Connor's just put, you know, a lot of faith in me and um, gave me a beautiful race car to go race. So right now I'm just focused on the modified uh, and Bobby Blount's deal. Bobby, I mean, to drive for Bobby Blount, that's all, that's nothing but big names. And uh, hopefully I can, you know, add my name to the list of winners for him. That would be big. And um, so I'm just, I don't know, if he, if he, his family needs a driver and I'm available, I'm there. It don't matter. So whatever we got to do, I'll be there. And because it's 2022 and I know what sort of society we live in today, uh, Rich and, and Trevor, can I be very clear? I was joking uh, because of all those things that you just said, Trevor, uh, it is such a big, you know, it, it, and, and, you know, friendship aside, it's a roll of the dice when you decide to put somebody in your equipment and, and, and take your hands off of it and put, you know, thousands upon thousands of dollars in someone else's hands. And uh, uh, so that leads me to the question, Trevor, if uh, if given the choice next year or 2024 or what have you, uh, I mean, where where's your heart? Obviously, you're loyal to the rides and the opportunities that you have right now, as you just mentioned, uh, setting yourself up in this modified and, and, and the outlaw car coming up here uh, this weekend, potentially. But where's your heart? I mean, you mentioned it. You tried to go dirt track racing as a family and you just couldn't get it done uh, because of the budget and the, and the money. If somebody came to you and said, yep, you're going racing 2023 for a championship in sprint cars, are you there? I mean, I don't know. That's a whole lot of what if. Yeah. I, <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, I mean, my heart's always been a sprint car racer. I loved racing pavement, dirt sprint cars, micro sprints. I loved them. But I also love the challenges of the modified and late models. You know, I just, I like to drive everything. So it really doesn't matter to me. And right now I have a great opportunity with somebody who's allowing me to race as many races as I want a year. And uh, I'm having a blast doing it. I wish I could get him a few more wins before we end the year. But, uh, 
I don't know. I mean, that's just that's that's a tough question because I I honestly love driving them all. Um, I'd race a sprint car on Friday, the modified on Saturday, the outlaw car on Sunday, and I don't know. Hopefully, do good in all of them. And I got to tell you, I, I love <laughs> I love that uh, because when people ask me, Zach, what do you prefer, dirt or pavement? I don't care. Uh, there are there race cars on that racetrack. Cool. I want to watch them. And Trevor, it sounds like for you, if if there's a steering wheel that you can sit behind, you're willing to try to go to victory lane in it. Oh, I've always been one that I'll drive anything, anywhere, anytime. And that's, I pride myself on trying to be the best in all types of race cars. I've never stayed in any type of race car more than probably two years. And then we're in something else that's completely different. So uh, my dad had me in different things to keep me versatile and just for any opportunity that might come my way um i wasn't just a one-trick pony i could race anything get in anything and hopefully be fast um so yeah i don't know maybe i'll call chad finley and see if i can race his backup late model or something (laughs) (laughs) you know i don't don't know i have to uh, have to get on him too i mean he's got two cars see if i can at least high lap it or race it or do something but I, that's one thing i've never driven the dirt lane model so that'd be fun let's get really <laughs> wild rich let's get a race together where we have a 360 sprint car and dirt late models in the same card remember we used to do that at i-96 with the ethanol tour and great lake super sprints let's get real wild let's make him switch back and forth between a sprint car and a late model on the same night and heck why don't we throw a ump modified his way too let's just get him all in in one night for trevor Berry. I know. trevor trevor what i was gonna say is before after zach asked that question i know three things believe it or not zach comes from the dirt world and pavement modifieds are one of his favorite oh, all-time types of I race love cars. Them. Love them, right? He, he loves them. Number two, uh, it wasn't a fair question. And number three, your answer, you should run for president. Yeah. All right? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, pavement modified around here, I'd say, and probably the tri-state area, that's, that's going to be the best race you come and watch. There's going to be probably 30 of them, and they're going to be a bunch of good guys and putting on a good race. And uh, so I think the Modifieds need to – they're starting to see some love, and there's some big money races coming up next year. So uh, as of right now, I'm I'm content and happy with that red 37 car, and I hope to go 1,000 and 10,000 and all these big races, and hopefully we can win some of them. And you know what? That's one thing I don't think Rich or I even thought about when we were coming into this interview is you win that race at Birch Run, and now you're looking to June of 2023 – with one of the, if not the biggest, pavement modified race, uh, definitely in our state, per, pretty sure in our region, and maybe even across the country with that Racing for Miracles event next year, you got to feel pretty good now. Save that notebook and see what happens in June, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that that field of cars is going to be, I mean, it's gonna, you're not going to want to miss that race because that is going to be the best modified from florida to every every heavy hitter is going to be at that race so if you can even make that race is going to be a challenge for a lot so um i'm looking forward to that my car has been really good at birch run all year and thankfully you know it just happens to be in the backyard for me and um hopefully we can keep tuning on her and even get her a little better for next year and $21,000 $21,000 will be uh, be a big one for sure. That'll be the biggest one for me. <laughs> Trevor, we've heard some early numbers tossed around. Um, you think 100 cars for that Racing for Miracles event next year? 
I don't think, you know, 100 cars, I can see 100 cars. I don't see why not. I mean, everybody, there's a ton of modifieds around, and I don't see why there can't be 100 cars. I mean, if there's not 100 cars, I don't see why, because it, it pays more to start that race than it does to win anywhere. So yeah. it's like all you got to do, I mean, is show up and you're going to come away with something. So there should be a lot of modified at that race. 100 cars maybe is a is a is a dream goal. I don't know. I'd love to have them prove me wrong, but you know, realistically, 50, 60 cars vying for a starting spot, I think is absolutely doable next year for this event and uh, you better believe it's marked down on our calendars. Uh, so look for that next year as well. Trevor, man, we could talk all night. Uh, we knew that as soon as we picked up the phone tonight. But, uh, man, congratulations on your win on Saturday. I know that was, as we mentioned, such a big deal for you to get that done. And uh, now you got to wait a couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, maybe a Glass City 200 win, maybe a run for the gun 50 win. you got an opportunity to capitalize on some big opportunities here at the end of the year. So good luck with that, man. Good luck. Thanks. Um, I just want to thank some people real quick. Um, my mom and dad, my dad and mom sacrificed so much for 20 years, getting me back and forth to racetracks and all these different race cars for all these great car owners and people that I've had the chance to race for all these years. Um, my girlfriend, she sacrifices way more than I should ever ask for all year, um, all summer long, just to let me go up and down the road, go racing. Ken O'Connor, O'Connor Trucking and his family. Um, Ken and Katie Paulson from Extreme Indoor Car Racing. Donald Gwynn, O'Gwynn Family Funeral Homes. Um, Derek and Taylor Griffin, they build the baddest modifieds in the country. And I uh, can't thank them enough for all their support. All-Star Performance, Mueller's Performance Engines. Um, Johnny Blot, Matt, John Beach has always been my spotter and does a heck of a job. And anytime I need some extra information, I always call Chad Finley because that dude's sharp. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even get the chance to talk about John Beach. Man, Trevor, what are you doing next Monday? We should have you come back on the show uh, <laughs> next week, and we'll keep breaking this stuff down, man. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm free whenever you guys need somebody to fill in, I'm there. Or if you want me to you know, join in and heckle Max or Chad, I'm in for it. Oh, I am so <laughs> glad you said that. <laughs> Trevor Berry, uh, big win Saturday at Bertrand Speedway. He will be back on Horsepower Happenings, man. Congratulations. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. All right, let's talk about some things that we may have missed. And, in fact, I want to start off, with Rich, with something that we did miss last weekend. I want to give a huge shout-out to uh, Keith Shefford Jr., Slingshot, as they call him after this season. He picked up his first career Great Lakes Traditional Sprint Series Championship during Labor Day weekend at Crystal Motor Speedway. Not a stellar performance at Crystal, but he did what he had to do to get the championship. Finished 11th. Max Frank was trying everything he could to track him down, including finishing runner-up behind Dustin Daggett, and it just wasn't enough. 11 points separated the two young drivers at the end of the season. Keith Shefford Jr., stellar year behind the wheel of that traditional sprint. Uh, he was just lights out this season and uh, picked up a couple of wins along the way, including uh, wins at uh, Silver Bullet Speedway is uh, where we saw him go to victory lane. The or, no, I'm sorry, that was Max Frank who went to victory lane at Silver Bullet. Max Frank, or Keith Shefford Jr., found victory lane at I-96 Speedway. On, on both of his occasions. So I uh, want to say congratulations to Keith. Always a pleasure to run into him 
in uh, in the pits and, and nicely done on picking up that championship. Wanted to make sure we went back and talked about that because I know we missed that last week. Rich, awesome. a cu- couple of other things from over the weekend. Uh, we gave Chad Finley a hard time in that interview with Trevor Berry, but uh, how about him picking up win number eight on the season, uh, taking the Rolling Thunder event Saturday at Thunderbird Raceway. Eric Spangler wins on Friday to wrap up his first all-star performance late model challenge series championship. And then how about Butler Motor Speedway on Saturday? Man, I thought about putting a mask on and getting my walker out uh, to go to Butler Saturday after I called in. I didn't do it. The John Reeve Memorial took place. $3,045 on the line. Tyler Rankin goes to Victory Lane to win the 410 Sprint Car Division. Dylan Nussbaum banked in $2,045 with UMP Modifieds. Eric Swan, another win in the street stocks. And Cody Kipp took the front-wheel drive honors on Saturday at Butler. And like we thought this was going to turn out any different, Evan Schatko picked up the championship 75-lap feature event for the Super Late Models at Berlin Raceway. It was win number seven on the season at Berlin for Schatko. And he locked down his first super late model championship. Tyler Roerig also picked up another sprint car win on Saturday, taking the 40 lap feature event for the 500 sprint car tour at Berlin as well. And Zach, remember Ray Morneau? I do. Uh, The young man from Windsor we had on the show after his flat rock speedway championship. Well, he picked up another late model feature win this weekend at Delaware speedway in Canada. One more event left to claim his first ever late model championship. Congrats to my man, Bubba. Zach, if he wins the championship, we got to have him back on. All right, we can make that happen for sure. Joining us now is a driver who, I mean, I don't know if you can have a better season than this. He'll probably tell us that he could have. 22 wins in 40 starts, finishes inside the top three 35 times. You can watch him wheel the number 47 IMCA and UMP Modifieds on a regular basis at Merritt and Tri-City. And, of course, after this performance this season, it was time to bring him back. The driver from Traverse City, Michigan, Colin Thurlby. Welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Man, a couple of years ago, you made the decision to partner up with, uh, with a chassis manufacturer and say, okay, not only am I going to run these race cars, I'm going to build them, I'm going to sell them, I'm going to do tech support for these guys. And now here we are, what has it been, Colin, about two, three years later, and you can't seem to keep that 47 car out of victory lane. I want to break that down a little bit. Uh, first of all, I guess talk about your stellar season, man. 22 wins, that's impressive. A lot of guys in our area lucky to get 22 nights of racing, let alone 22 wins. Talk about your season. Yeah, it's just uh, really been unreal. I keep telling everybody it's just uh, – it's one of those years that, you know, everything just is right. You know, we've, we had one DNF all year. Um, it was nothing our doing. We had a part on the left rear, uh, hub break on us, just a fluke deal. Um, but other than that, I mean, cautions hitting right. Um, being in the right spot at the right time, everything just clicked this year. And it, like I told my guys and stuff, it's just, I mean, it was like, we couldn't do anything wrong. Um, but the car, I mean, I can't say nothing about that. The car has been unreal, too. Um, the IMCA stuff we got going on right now um, is really, really good anywhere we, we take it. You know, Merritt and Tri-City throughout the year have been kind of two different tracks. I mean, night in, night out, they've been different. You know, one night's hammered down. Next night, it's black slick. Um, and we haven't changed nothing on the car all year. We haven't changed a shock. We haven't changed a spring. We haven't moved a bar up, down, wow. nothing. We ran just standard setup every single night, every race, and 
it's just been really, really good. And, uh, you know, and like I said, no parts failures now. I mean, besides that one night and it's, it's just been unreal. It's, we've been trying so hard to get a bunch of wins in a year and, you know, to finally do it. And it just, it's just awesome. It's great. Talk to me about the chassis manufacturing side of things. Uh, you know, we, we've talked with guys who do this, right? Rusty Schlank, we've talked with him. We've talked with some other guys who build their own chassis and uh, race their own stuff. Uh, you're on a little bit of a different level, right? You're kind of, um, I don't know, you want to call yourself a dealer. Is that the appropriate term for what you're doing there with uh, the Diamond Race Cars? Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a dealer for uh, Diamond Race Cars. They're based out of Brownstown, Indiana. Um, I've been in one of Ryan's cars for, uh, well, ever since my second year race. And the first year I raced for Donnie Roberts out of his shop down there in Gladwin. And then, um, the very end of the year, my, my dad got me my own car and it was a diamond car. Um, I actually seen Ryan race at I-96. He come up and race, uh, I think it was a summer national show and I was walking through the pits. I wasn't even racing at the time. I was helping my brother and, uh, walking through the pits. And I told my dad, I said, man, if we ever get a, a modified, I said, I want to get one from that guy. I had no idea who he was. I just seen the car. It was, I mean, just the craftsmanship to it. It was just, I mean, by far the best looking car at the track. Um, and then he went out and he was fast, you know, and, um, we ended up finding one. We got a good deal on it, used one. And I've been in his cars ever since, never drove anything different. And, uh, he's actually, you know, now him and his wife, they're, they're two of my best friends. You know, I've got to know him so well. And, in like 13, 14, 15, when I was on the road a lot, I pretty much lived out of his race shop there in the summer, um, racing down in Indiana and Illinois. And, uh, we got, you know, real tight then. And, um, at the time, you know, when I, I asked him, I said, man, we we're running pretty good, but we just don't have a lot of these cars up our way. You know, I said, yeah. what do you think it is? And he's like, well, you know, maybe it's just like a logistics thing or something. I said, well, what about me being a dealer for you? You know, and, you know, I don't want to sell a million of them, but, Maybe we can get a couple of them up there, and we got to talk, and we worked out a deal. And, yeah, so basically I just pick up the frames. I usually have them do a little bit of tin work, like the cockpits or something, just make my job a little easier. They can do them a lot faster. And um, I bring them home, and I, I assemble them from whatever the customer wants from there. So are you adding any Colin Thurlby touches? Uh, this was not where I was going to go with this, but now I'm just curious what you're doing. Um, or are you just uh, you know packaging them up, putting a bow on them, and sending them out the door? Um, with the UMP stuff, um, especially this year, he come out with a new design for our UMP cars. So I'm 100% whatever he tells me to do. Um, I'm on his stuff. Um, the IMCA stuff, see, I was the first one to ever get an IMCA car from Diamond. Um, we built it on a whim. IMCA was getting bigger up here. I wanted to race a little bit more um, up this way. So we built a car, and he sent it out the door. He told me, man, I don't know if that thing's even going to turn. So good luck. And, uh, we out, went out first night 96 and, and won with it. So, um, and then, you know, I've been racing it more and, you know, guys in the last couple of years have picked up the pace pretty good. And so I've had to do quite a bit of, uh, my own thoughts on it, but pretty much everything I do with it, I bounce off him first and ask him, you know, he's, he's pretty good when it comes to these, you know, setting up race cars and figuring stuff out. So, you know, our ideas bouncing back and forth and, uh, yeah, so my, you know, if he if he sold a car to a guy somewhere else, they'd be on probably a little bit different stuff than me. Um, I like a certain feel in my stuff, but I mean, all my customers, Brian Brindley, Chase, you know, all them guys, they're they're on um, exactly how I am. I mean, I don't I don't hide nothing from them. They want to climb under there, you know. If I come up with something, they're the first guys I you know I let know. But 
And mine's a little bit different than, you know, the standard diamond package out of his shop when it comes to the IMCA setup. Well, and the reason I ask is when we announced you were going to be on the show, uh, Corey Bevard messaged me, and he said, you're going to have one of the best chassis guys in the business on your show tonight. And so that's when I wondered, you know, obviously you have these cars figured out, so that is where that comment must come from is the technology that you have figured out how to make work in these race cars that you're then uh, you know sharing with uh, these other drivers and, and they're being able to make it work as well. Yeah. Yeah. Corey, he's another one, one of my, you know, good buddies, you know, that's in, in one of my cars and um, he had a tremendous year last year. I don't know how many, I mean, he won a ton of features last year and this year he seemed to, I mean, he was fast, but um, he had some bad nights, just parts malfunctions and just stupid stuff happening where, you know, he didn't get the wins that he wanted, but you know, night in, night out, you know, Corey's going to be fast, you know, anywhere he goes. But, uh, yeah, he's a good good buddy of mine. And really all my customers, you know, I don't really even call them customers. They're all really just my buddies, you know. And um, we all work together. You know, we bounce ideas off each other. And um, at the end of the night, we sit around and drink beer together, you know. So it's it's a pretty cool deal what we got going on. Colin, I think it's pretty cool. You know, you, you started out with the UMP stuff and then went to the IMCA. Talk about the difference uh, <clears throat> for race fans that listen to the show. If you, if you just took a glance at these cars – uh, to the to the common person, you probably couldn't tell the difference, but uh, you and they probably have a little bit of different setups under each one. Talk about the difference and 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 how hard that is to, to keep that stuff straight. Yeah, what I tell everybody that comes up to me and asks me, you know, which one's your UMP car, which one's your IMCA car, you know, when I'm running at Merit or whatever, running both of them, I always tell them to go to the back of the car, and the IMCA car has that panel across the back that comes down i think it's eight <laughs> inches or whatever that's what i that's tell everybody really, that's, that's what i tell everybody difference. too but you know that's what that's a two yep. foot piece of sheet metal two foot tall of course you know so i mean come on there's got to be more than that yeah i mean honestly when it comes to the parts at both i mean ump you can get away with you know the um aftermarket lowers you know that diamond builds in house where imca you got to run the stock lower a frame um the roll cage is you know inch and three quarter versus inch and a half in the ump stuff um but i mean all the rear suspension all the shocks all the springs pretty much everything on i could i could drop my ump motor in my imca car go run the ump and wouldn't be scared to do it any time of the day it's just the engine's a big thing i mean we've got 400 horse in the um imca car and we got you know anywhere from seven to eight hundred in the ump car now i don't know the breakdown we're going to get into your wins now this year i don't know the breakdown of that of those 22 wins imca versus modifieds but uh but versus ump but it seems like whenever i've seen you and you're running in a ump modified um man you got to get up on the wheel because you got your work cut out for you every single night yeah the the ump stuff it's it's real tough i mean you got you know jeffrey erickson anytime he doesn't get to race a lot with his kids you know playing baseball and all that but when he shows up to the track you know you gotta you gotta be good um because he's, he's fast every night. Um, Chad Bauer, Joe Rokas. I mean, we got a good group of guys, and they're all they're all really fast. And that's that's nothing against. I mean, the IMCA guys. It's the same deal. I mean, you show up to Tri City and Merritt, you're you're not running against junk cars or nothing. I mean, you're racing against good good race car drivers. You know, yet Tri City, there's there's a five six guys that could win any night. You know, and um, we've been fortunate to we we might have just a little bit on them guys right now, but. Going into next year, I mean, we're, we can't slow down over the winter. We got to keep plugging away and trying to get faster because I know those guys aren't going to 
let me do what I did this year, you know, without putting up a fight. Well, and that was what I was going to say, too, is, you know, you can do that with modifieds. You can talk about Chad Chad Bauer. You can talk about Erickson, Rokas. Uh, you know, at one time you could talk about Jacob Poole being in that conversation. Now he's kind of – you and him kind of did the same thing right about the same time. You both started building IMCA modifieds. And then that piqued people like Rich and I's interest to say, okay, what's it going to be like across the pond now when you've got these UMP modified guys who are really good going, in, going up against guys – like A.J. Ward, like Cody Johnson, like Chad Bennett, you know, Craig Vance. Uh, that's just talking about the guys up north. You know, you got Gary Vandermark as well, who's really good. And, you know, a lot of guys who are consistently fast in IMC Modifieds. And I got to tell you, it's just made it for Rich and I and the fans. It's just made it all that more entertaining to get, you know, even more great talent in that division. Uh, you know, you guys are spoiling us. Yeah, it's. It's actually, I mean, it's cool to, I mean, it kind of sucks the UMP stuff's fading away a little bit up, up in Michigan, you know, it's still striving pretty good down South and Illinois and Indiana, you know, that's pretty much all it is. But, uh, with, with, you know, UMP going away and only a handful of track, two, three tracks, you can run it. It just made more sense to get an IMCA car. We're racing for pretty much the same amount of money as the UMP guys. And, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, the, like you said, you know, Ward and, um, Rhea, I mean, all these guys, they're they're good. I mean, they're really good race car drivers and, and down in Muskegon, you got Vaynermark, Mitchell Hunt. And I mean, anywhere you go, there is some really good race car drivers. And it's with the IMCA stuff, I feel that with the crate engine and some of the limitations they give you as far as, you know, the front suspension and stuff like that, the cars are really, really close. Um, you might be able to find a little speed here and there and certain things, but the racing in IMCA is is really badass. I mean, you watch those races out at Boone, and it's it's awesome racing. Um, it's a little bit slower paced than the UMP stuff when there's you know any moisture in the track, um, but it's side by side. I mean, nobody's just you know pulling Nick Hoffman and winning by half tracks and stuff like that. It's, uh-huh. it's close racing. It's a blast. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you is is do you find it on the other side of the coin? frustrating at all and and i hope you don't take this the wrong way but i'm gonna i'm gonna say it and because it's a conversation that we all have in this sport uh do you find it frustrating at all where you can't maybe out out money uh your competition because you guys are all on the same playing field where you can't say yeah i've got a badass engine in this car and i'm just gonna beat you with straight horsepower uh does it get kind of frustrating at all when you're looking at aj ward who you know is running a 602 crate and he's just put a better setup on that car that night than you and he's just beating you that way does does that get frustrating at all or is that part of the thrill no that that's the part i like about it it's uh i mean i like racing against aj and them guys you know and if they go out and beat me it's like well let's get back to work and let's see if we can come back the next week and try and kick their ass you know it it keeps you on your toes um the ump stuff there's a lot a lot of uh a lot more technology and a lot more things guys are getting away with and ump's rules as far as just being a lot more lax on things. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on in UMP that um, wouldn't wouldn't even be thought of in the IMC. I mean, they wouldn't allow you on the racetrack if they they seen some of the stuff going on in that. But uh, no, I, I like to be able. I mean, I like to line up with guys like that. No, we have equal stuff. Just one of us is going to outdrive the other one, and that's that's what I like. And you got to be kind of vested in this stuff, Colin, because we've you know in, in the modified stuff because we, you know we talked to Brandon and we found out. There is no way you guys are going to run late models against each other. It's not happening. No, not if uh, my dad's front in the bill. He ain't going to do that. Um, but like my dad's told me numerous times, if, if I ever get an opportunity to run a late model, 
jump in it and go. You know, he's not going to tell me I can't drive somebody else's stuff. But the, the way those late models are nowadays, the money it, it costs to run one, it's just it's just so crazy. And it's uh, I mean, it, it's nothing like me and Bram go out and wreck each other, nothing like that. But um, it's always been, you know, Bram's got the late models, I got the mods. I'm perfectly fine with that. I I love the modifieds. I love the guys I race against. You know, we're all pretty good buddies for the most part, um, and we have a blast doing it. So. Um, but me and Brian, we help each other out all the time. You know, he's asking me on track conditions or whatever, or vice versa. And, you know, we work well together. Um, like I, I helped Brian for the first few years of his racing. I didn't even race, you know, and, um, we, we have a really good relationship. It wouldn't be nothing like we'd be smashing each other and nothing out on the racetrack. So it's always, yeah. fun. it's, I was just going to say, it's always funny that we always ask if Colin's going to jump up to a late model. We never ask Brandon when he's going to jump down to a modified and see if he can see what his little brother's all about. <laughs> yeah. He, he actually took one of my modifieds. This is years ago. Um, they, they were heading down to Ponderosa, I think down there, I think it's in Kentucky and I, I wasn't racing. Um, I was done for the year or whatever. And, he, he asked if he could take my mod and I was like, hell yeah, take it down there. And he actually, he took it down there and he run pretty good. And then, uh, I think he ended up getting in a rack or something, tore it up a little bit or whatever. But, uh, no, he said he had a blast driving it. He said, uh, we had a big, we had a real big motor too big for what we're doing, you know? And he, he's like, man, I think I got more motor in that modified than I do in my late mod. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, now I asked you that comment, little tongue in cheek, cause we already knew the answer, but you know, Zach and I go with you back to the ethanol tour days. Uh, do you have anything inside you want to get in a late model? Yeah. I mean, it, it would be a blast to do. Um, I, yeah, like I said, I'd, I'd drive one tomorrow. If somebody offered one up, you know, um, there are a lot of work. I mean, I'm not saying modifieds aren't a lot of work, but there's a lot to a late model. Um, the technology in late models is absolutely ridiculous right now. Way over my head. I definitely need some serious um, help as far as getting them figured out, which I know Brandon would help me for sure. But um, the late model game is, is a little bit a step above of what I'm doing right now, and I'm pretty happy where I'm at. But like I said, if somebody gave me a car tomorrow to drive, I'd be, I'd be there in a second. Let's talk about something fun. Um, you started up, you're having a lot of fun on YouTube. I, I've been watching this and, and man, you look real comfortable on camera. We, we should probably hire you out as a remote correspondent maybe when you're not working, <laughs> but, but man, uh, you're having fun. Tell people what you got going on YouTube. Yeah, I just, I thought, you know, um, actually right now I'm, I'm a stay at home dad. Um, my wife works and uh, she does pretty good for herself over there and with, the baby and then we actually got another baby due any day now oh congratulations um, so man yep you know, um so i'm i'm working out of the shop you know with him my my son there and um we, you know, i figured you know i got a little time in my hand i see some of them guys doing it and you know, i've never really done any video stuff i do everything with a gopro and my cell phone you know and i i get people come up no, i really like you know watching or whatever so i just kept doing it and uh you know, I definitely could get better at it. You know, everybody, you need a little more, I don't know what the word is for it, but a little more excitement or something. It's like, well, I'm just showing you what I do when I'm out in the shop, you know, and we hook the GoPro up to the, the car in different places to show people, you know, what, what we're doing. I actually got one that I'm going to put out this week. That's, that's pretty neat. I think a lot of guys will get a kick out of, but, uh, um, yeah, it's just something I thought of watching the YouTube video. I'm like, hell, I can do that. I've just ordered a GoPro and, Download the app on my phone. Thought, oh, I can try this. See what see what it's all about. 
So uh, win number 22 was enough for you then. Uh, you posted on Facebook that you're going to put it in the shed and, and call it a year and, and get ready for 2023. Is uh, how, how committed to you or how committed to that are you or do you think you'll dust the 47 off one more time this year? Man, I, I really don't think I'll be back out. Um, like I said, my wife is actually – she's not – supposed to be due till october 2nd for the our new baby girl um but uh she went to the doctor last week and they put her on a no travel thing oh so boy. she basically said you know this could happen in a week two weeks three weeks we don't know so i really i almost took this last weekend off because you know i didn't want to be gone and have something happen um but she's like no i think you'll be fine you're running for those challenge series points you're leading if you don't go you won't win it she said just keep your phone on you you know and I actually drove a separate vehicle down, so if she did call, I could quick jet out of there and head home. But, um, you know, with her having the new baby, we'll have two kids running around here and just a bunch of stuff going on. So all three cars are in one piece. They all were fast, you know, when we parked them. I think we're just going to call it a year, strip them down a little bit, put some new parts on, some new sheet metal, and get ready for uh, 2023. I don't think you had to go through all that with her. You could have just said, it's my birthday weekend. I'm going racing. Are you coming? That's all you had to do. <laughs> yeah. Are you bringing one or two? Yeah. How many are coming with you? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure she'd be impressed with that. Yeah. Well, Colin, man, congratulations. Uh, not only on an impressive season, man, I, I, I had completely forgot that you uh, maybe didn't even know that you were expecting another child. So that's awesome, too. So congratulations on that front. Uh, so you're going to get another Thank win. You. You're going to get another win before uh, this before the snow flies. So that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, definitely. It's awesome. I mean, with my little boy Easton there, we, we have a blast all day. We get out in the shop and he just terrorizes the thing. It's like, you got more toys out here than I do, son, <laughs> you know, and he's, I'm, I'm hoping he grows up. I don't want him to grow up too quick, but hopefully one of these years he can take over doing what I'm doing and I can just wrench on the things. I think it'd be a little bit easier on a guy, but, um, but big thing is my dad said, no, he's not going to drive a modified or a late model. He's, He's going to be my sprint car driver. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, he thinks he's going to be a big sprint car guy. Because he's not going to mess around with 360s. He's going straight to the 410s. I said, said, as long as you're paying the bills, I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to tell you, Colin, you need to learn two new new words, mini wedge. Right, yeah. Cool, man. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he's going to want one of them for sure. All right, Colin. Well, hey, congratulations on a rock-solid season, man. Congratulations on the upcoming birth of your daughter. And, uh, man, good luck with, with that uh, little change of life. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, seeing you with a new season next year. I can't believe we're saying that already. But you put a bow on it, so nicely done. Hey, thank you guys very much. I really appreciate you having on having me on again holy smokes rich uh put it in put it in line for horsepower happening show of the year maybe even horsepower happening show of the show a couple of great guests tonight thanks so much to trevor berry and colin thurlby for joining us uh can i just say two men who are wealths of knowledge in their craft uh driving race cars building race cars and going to victory lane and all of them so uh what a great show tonight glad to have them both on yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, we're getting more exciting. Some of the guys now, 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 what, 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 I don't know what's happening, but everybody's starting to get a sense of humor all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kept Finley on last week when he, because he, he, he had to give uh, Stanbaugh a hard time. And now, now we, we have somebody on this week, Trevor Berry, who, who actually likes them both in the, st- in the same state. How the heck does that happen? Yeah, I'm not sure about so, that. Yeah. yeah. 
so no it, it was great trevor did a great job uh you know it, it's awesome uh just a great show tonight. It was, what a it great was fun. show. Yeah, we got a big weekend coming up, Rich. Uh, we already talked about it in depth, but a reminder, Toledo Speedway, the place to be this weekend for the Clean Harbor Safety Clean Glass City 200. And this is an event that's, of course, near and dear to your heart. You always get excited this time of year. I do. 100 laps for the Outlaw Super Late Models Act, just like we said earlier, 100 laps for the Arca Series Super Series. The actual stats here, grands, gr the grandstands open and practice starts at noon. So you can show up and watch all of practice uh, throughout the afternoon for the Arca Series Super Series and the Outlaw Super Late Models. Qualifying's at 2.30, 4 p.m. We'll have an on-track autograph session. You go down and get all the autographs from any of the drivers you want. And then the first green <coughs> flag will fly at 5 p.m. So should not be a late night for you if these guys can... Uh, race well and play nice i gotta tell you too uh we you've heard us talk all summer long including this spring when we brought this man on the show uh if you want to go see what tim wilbur has done with butler motor speedway you want to see the changes that they've made uh, i want to give them one final shout out this year their championship night is coming up this weekend on saturday as well of course we'd love to have you at the glass city 200 but if you want to get a little dirt in your beer and have a little dirt burger uh, you can head over to Butler for their season championship night coming up this Saturday. Uh, so it's a full four-on-one program, and uh, they'll be having a lot of fun there. And I want to say uh, caps off to Tim on a great season. And I think if you are a Dirt Late Model fan, UMP Late Model fan, I, I believe uh, Mount Pleasant Friday night has Late Models That's right. this week. Uh, great the special this week. Yep, the yep, Mon Pop McKenzie uh, event up there at Mount Pleasant. I believe that's on Friday. Uh, they got some more money thrown into it, so I believe it's $1,600 to win for the uh, UMP late models. I'm not sure of all the start, all the times, what time gates open and everything, but I know, I believe what I saw today, racing starts at 7 p.m. at Mount Pleasant on Friday. All right, cool. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of Horsepower Happenings. We had a good one tonight. Again, want to say thanks so much to Trevor Berry and Colin Thurlby for joining us this evening. Congratulations to them on some great success this year. And we're crowning champions now, so it's going to be time to start talking to track champions, series champions. And this is a fun time of year, Rich, because when we start looking for people to talk to, we start finding some real interesting characters to bring on the show and really a great opportunity to learn about who these drivers are that make up our programs each and every week. If you have somebody you'd like us to talk to on Horsepower Happenings, you think they got a great story, we Reach out and let us know. We'd be happy to investigate that and potentially bring them on the show uh, here on Horsepower Happenings. But for Rich France, who does basically everything, I'm Zach Heiser. For Scott Menlin, who pays the bills, have a great rest of your week, and we'll look for you uh, at a racetrack very soon. Until next time, you've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.